This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 15th to the 21st of August. I'm Ezie Pearson, the magazine's features editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Reviews editor Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ezie. So, Paul, what are your recommendations for this week? Well, I have to say, we're always going on about the morning sky, and I'm afraid we start off again with the morning part of the sky. But that's that's the way all the cookie crumbles, isn't it? August the 15th, in the hours before dawn, it'll find the moon to the lower right of Jupiter. Now, if you remember last week, we ended it with Jupiter and Neptune and the moon forming a triangle. That was in the late evening. In the morning, we actually have Jupiter and the moon getting closer. So the moon is below Jupiter, but it's moved away from that lineup with uh, Neptune, that sort of triangular shape with Neptune itself. Um, the next morning, the 16th, the moon is to the left of Jupiter. And I always mention these simply because I can guarantee that somebody will always come in and say, what was that star next to the moon the other night I saw? And then we can clearly say, well, that was no star, that was a planet. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you had our Sky Guide, you'd know that as well. Remember, <laughs> folks, get the magazine. It's all in there. It tells you what to look out for, as well as our podcasts as well. So there's, there's, it's, it's easy when the moon is actually next to a bright planet. But that's why I like it when the moon is next to a fainter planet and it guides you to it, even if the light from the moon can be a bit of a pain for that. However, by the 18th, the moon does lie to the right of Uranus, and it forms a triangle with it, a Mu Seti. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Mu Seti is one of those stars sort of thing that, again, a, a lot of it is, it's not that bright, but it's well worth having a look at. It's, uh, it's a nice star to look at, but it forms a lovely triangle. It's all not quite an equal triangle, but uh, you can draw a line from the star right up to the moon and then across to Uranus sort of thing. So, uh, I like patterns. I love patterns. That's why we've got constellations, because people wanted to make sense of the sky by making constellations. 
observation patterns in the sky. And we do it all the time with astronomy. We're often making patterns with the positions of the planets or the moon, etc. In the meantime, you may remember last week we had Mars was close to Uranus. Well, it very quickly moved away and now it's moved into Taurus. And the thing about this is that the next evening, the moon is actually to the right of Mars. So it's to the left of Uranus, but it's to the right of Mars. Mars being mm. naked eye. But now Mars is passing below the Pleiades star cluster. So this is, this has to be one of those photographic moments sort of thing. You've got mm -hmm. to get out there with your camera. You won't need a telescope for this. This is a wide field view. So, you know, get out with a fairly decent telephoto lens sort of thing to get it a 135 millimeter, something like that, just to frame them nicely. Got to bear in mind that the moon will be bright if you capture this with the moon in the field of view as well. But Mars is passing now below it. Now it's a funny thing really because we talk about conjunctions when objects have the same right ascension. But what happens, it, that's all right if it's a star, but when it's a deep sky object, they're an extended object. And the Pleiades are over a half a degree in size. They're quite large. Hmm. So I, I, when I was looking at this, I thought it was quite funny because um, the Pleiades and Mars are in conjunction, you could argue, for two nights. So it's, it's a very long it's conjunction. A long, drawn-out conjunction in this case. Um, Purist would take the centre of the Pleiades as the mm. position, but the Pleiades are a big object. So really, for two nights, we've got the conjunction taking place on the 19th and then the 20th, as well, sorry, the 18th and the 19th. So it's two mornings long, this conjunction, uh, as Mars actually passes below it. Which, now the given next, the given yeah. the uh, August weather in in Britain at least um, is probably a good thing. <laughs> oh, well, it <laughs> so is. Yes. Two <laughs> two opportunities to catch it. <laughs> yes, nine times out, you can guarantee there's a special event. You can always guarantee there's a special event, including cloud. You know, mm -hmm. so sort of, you know, uh, we always should put a proviso comes with added cloud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't want to jinx ourselves too much, something. But yeah, so you're right. If you've got a couple of nights, you've got at least one, and you know, a fifty fifty chance that you might get the next night clear. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, fingers crossed, because we've just got to hope for the weather, haven't we? Now, on the 20th, the Moon then forms a diamond shape with Messier 45, the Pleiades, Mars, and Aldebaran. Now, Aldebaran's in the Hyades star cluster, and it's still in Taurus, of course, but it looks like it's part of the cluster, but it's actually nothing like it. It's half the distance. So it's just a line of sight effect, just as we see with the actual moon, Mars, Pleiades, they're all just, a, 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 they're at completely different distances, but they just happen to make this pattern for this diamond-shaped pattern. So you've got the Pleiades at the top, and then you've got Mars and the moon, uh, sort of below that, and then below them you've actually got Aldebaran as well. So a bit of a diamond shape, a bit of a skewed diamond, admittedly, but it's a bit of a diamond shape as such there. That's on the 20th. Now, we finish off going back to the 18th, but back into the morning sky, because you need to be looking sort of thing. You know, Venus, it'll be roughly south of M44. Now, M44 is the beehive cluster. This is one of those challenges because it's emerging out of the twilight. So it's it's very difficult. To, it's also low. Remember, Venus is low. It's in the twilight sort of thing. So they're both in the twilight. So the bright planet, no problem. <laughs> Venus, minus four usually sort of thing. So pretty bright. Cluster, 
sort of a lot fainter than that sort of thing. It is technically naked eye, but on a dark, moonless night. But because it's in the twilight, it'd be a challenge. Just see how, whether you, can you see the cluster to the north of Venus? Because that is actually, again, a proper conjunction. Again, you could argue that it's actually, you know, an extended object. But Venus moves so quick, it literally is just one night when it is directly, or one morning, I should say, when it is directly below um the beehive cluster Messier 44. But again, remember the very low, you need an uncluttered horizon to catch them and catch them before the twilight completely overwhelms Messier 44, the, the beehive cluster itself sort of thing. So, you know, it is, a, it's, it's one of those balancing that sort of thing that you need to catch it quite early and just as they're rising, keep watching with binoculars and hopefully the hazy mass of stars will shimmer into view, but then you'll watch it fade out as the twilight begins to overwhelm them but again it'd be an interesting challenge for photographers so mm -hmm. uh, you know and we do like interesting challenges and again we've got the gallery so submit your pictures if you get that it'd be quite interesting to see how well you do it's, it might just be the lovely way that you described it just then but to be honest that sounds quite a nice thing to watch you know seeing these distant things fade away into the background as the twilight overcomes them i think that sounds quite nice um definitely a challenge but um, that, so there should be lots of things for people to get out there and hopefully see over the course of this week. So thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about there, Paul. It's a pleasure. And uh, keep looking up at the sky because there's always something to look at. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes or neither, our Sky Guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify.